census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Episode 253 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I am your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are here, of course, in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, being brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, because we are part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. But I am not here by myself. I am joined by my co-host on the show, and my co-host in life, she is... <gasps> The Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie. She is Ashes Fun Nightmare. I like wine. You do, and <clears throat> you happen to have some right now. I'm drinking wine. You know, there was serious doubt as to whether or not we were going to be able to do the show this week because I have been battling a uh, pretty nasty infection. Somebody just had to get something. Yeah, and uh, it, the, the abscess finally burst like a science fair volcano. It was not awesome, but thankfully I have an amazing co-host in life who has been taking very good care of me and uh, helping me and making sure I get all the medication I need and uh, all the uh, various other implements that I have required uh, to uh, you know, continue to live life as normally as possible without uh, you know, ruining everything around me. See, so, that's what I do. I drink and I know things. She does. She does know things. Um, so it's great. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I certainly feel like my voice is different, and I don't know why. But like, I definitely feel like I sound different. Are you going through the change? I mean, I might. I mean, it's time to change. What is this like double puberty when you hit 40? <laughs> Welcome to your midlife crisis. Oh, if this is the middle, <laughs> I'm kind of screwed. Wait, if this is the middle, then I'm only going to live to be like 80. Eh. Only. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want something older, you'd need a tortoise or a tree or a Greenland shark which live to be about 500, 600 years old. So uh, nobody eats them because they taste like urine. That's a true fact. Really? Yeah. They, they're, they're but okay, but somebody had to have <coughs> eaten one to know that it tastes like urine. They probably ate a few of them because it's like, oh, okay, this one might be bad. Let's try this. Oh, this one's even worse. Like, yeah, maybe we just don't eat these. And, and, and my question is... You have like like how do you compare it to urine tasting like urine? Have you been drinking pee? Well, you know it depends. Like these things are have these things live an average of five hundred years, so maybe they got a young like, one. Sometimes I, I like question... Vikings could eat a young one because they're from Greenland. Like here's the thing: sometimes I question 
like the the validity of of certain things. It's like, how do you know this? How do you know well, that they taste like urine? Well, what if like you know? How much pee are you drinking? Well, I can I can tell you. I can tell you. It's scientific. Um, when you eat something. You're also smelling it at the same time. So if you smell something that's very strong, like urine has a very strong smell, and you eat something, maybe it also had like a urine-ish smell. So that automatically made your brain think that that's what it would automatically taste like because you're associating whatever this taste is with the smell <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like you know how sometimes you can smell something that's so gross you right. can taste it. No, but there but there are times when the smell of something doesn't necessarily match up with the taste of it. I mean, it's few and far between, but that that is a thing that happens. Right, but there's also what I'm saying is it's it's kind of like the uh taste version of pareidolia like when you see a shape in the cloud i mean like it maybe somebody just made that up maybe they're like hey we don't want anyone eating these sharks so uh, we're just gonna tell people that they taste bad yeah has that ever worked there I are heard people a rumor. who eat live octopi there are people who put scorpions in shots like there are people who will uh put snakes in bottles of wine and drink them like i don't think taste there are people who eat bats there are people who eat everything. Like there, every people. Some people will eat like different bugs are delicacies. You know, tarantulas on a stick. Like, you know, telling someone something tastes bad doesn't necessarily mean they're not going. Oh well, maybe you just don't like it. Mmm, this is some delicious dirt. You know, like who knows? You know, everybody's got a different palate. But uh, that's not what we're talking about today. No, it's not. Five and a half minutes into the show. <laughs> we are going to be discussing. The, this is your fault, by the is. way. <clears throat> it is. We're going to be discussing the uh, recently ended uh, s seven, seven episodes. Six episodes. Six episode uh, uh, Marvel miniseries, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or as we called it. Uh, Bucky, Bucky with, with the, the good, good hair, hair and, and Sam, Sam the, the eagle. eagle. <laughs> Better call Bucky with the good hair. Actually, this is more like Bucky without the good hair. Still better than mine. He, well, I mean, he wins by default. That's true. You can't win because you don't have any. I you have can't grow some, any anymore. You could do a fun comb over. Oh, I'm you, could, do... you could grow out your Pangea spot. And, and you just like, whip it backwards. Whip your hair back and forth. Oh, yeah. Uh, conformist. <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, so we are delving into the characters and some of the stories of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And that kind of got us thinking, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Bucky and Sam, they didn't start out as friends, but they became friends. And they are probably one, just one of many iconic best friend duos. Oh, yeah, yeah. So our getting into character question for today is, what are some of your favorite iconic best friend duos? Well, I'll, uh, let's just do five each. Oh, only five? Well, I mean, we could go, uh, we, we could okay, go forever. Okay, fine. And it is, we still have to get this up before midnight so it falls on Thursday. Fine. So I'm going to go uh, my first one, Calvin and Hobbes, because, I mean, they're tattooed I mean, on me. I mean, duh. It's hard to go away from Calvin and Hobbes. So, uh, who's yours? Romy and Michelle. <laughs> yep, <clears throat> that's a good one. 
You can't have one without the other. Uh, I am gonna go next with. <sighs> I don't want to. I don't want to potentially take any of yours. So I'm gonna go with Homer Simpson and Barney Gumble. They've uh, they've had quite a rivalry, but they've been friends since high school. Which, depending on which retcon you watch, Homer apparently is a uh, child of the '90s, grew up in the '90s, but was a baby at Woodstock. So I don't know how that works, but hey, uh, but yeah, they went to high school together in the '70s, and you know Homer has helped helped Barney become sober, and you know they had their competing plow business. But uh, in the end, they're still friends. You know, they bonded over drinking, and unfortunately, um, and that's where we are today. So, how about you? Who's another one for you? Grace and Frankie. Ooh, that's a good one. It's one of my favorite things that Netflix has put out. I love Lily Tomlin. I love Jane Fonda. And together, obviously, they are just magic. I mean, the supporting cast of the show is great. But I love how it highlights friendships as you get older. And igniting friends, like making friends as you get older. You know, if you're familiar with the show, you know that Grace and Frankie, like their husbands were friends and part, you know, business partners and then you know, actual real life partners because they both, you know, they're, they're gay and they realize that they have fallen in love with each other. So they lead their wives. And in order to kind of deal with this, the wives, you know, kind of become best friends. Yeah. And it's, you know, they don't mean to like they're, they're polar opposites, but they realize that they're, they're good for each other. And I love the fact that the majority of the cast are all older actors and, you know, it really uh, highlights and showcases women in their, you know, seventies in their, I mean, cause I think Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, they're in like their early eighties, I believe late seventies, yes. early eighties. Mm-hmm. And these characters, they're in their seventies. So, you know, showing these friendships, you know, female friendships. Um, I, I mean, they're, it's so good. Like the show is so good, but these two, I mean, I could, uh, now I want to rewatch the series. Um, I believe there's one more season coming up and that's going to be the final season, but it's just, it's so good. And I think it's, it's so important to see kind of in line with the golden girls, Hmm. you know, showcasing older women on television and celebrating friendships. I I just, I I love it. I can't get enough of it. My next one is going to be one that, you know, most people probably thought of right away, especially folks who listen to this show. Um, Han and Chewbacca. That was pretty good. Han and Chewie. Um, it was a little chewy. <laughs> we, uh, <clears throat> you know, because of the Han Solo movie, we got to see some of the backstory. And uh, the Han Solo movie is going to come up again later on. But <clears throat> we got to see how they became friends, the life debt. And, you know, we got to see their adventures over a period of, you know, 40-ish years. You know, it's uh, and he was already almost 200 years old when he met Han. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great uh, best friend duo for me. Who do you got for number three? Edna Monsoon and Patsy Stone from Absolutely Fabulous. That's a good one. I love that show so much. 
Uh, the movie is fantastic as well. But again, kind of like Grace and Frankie, this showcases female friendships in kind of like your... You're four. They're in their forties, and they're both bad influences. They're both enablers to each other. They're both each other's biggest fans. Uh, they get into a lot of trouble together, but they also triumph over certain things together. I think it's just a really, you know, and they've been friends for ever. You know, uh, one of them got married, had a child, got divorced. The other one, no children, no marriage. She's fine with that. I think just, you know, showing how the two can kind of blend together and still be friends after all of these years. I love it. It's it's absolutely fabulous. It's ab-fab. Um, I'm going to go with number four is... Oh, my God, I just lost it. I had it a second ago, and I just lost it. Wait, wait, hold on. You're talking about absolutely fabulous. And I was just thinking of... Oh my god. I just lost it. I had it in my head and I was about to say it. Holy shit. What did I what ah. Oh. I can't even think of like what genre it was if it was a movie or a TV show or a book. Oh my god. All right, so I'm going to switch gears see if I can remember what it was and I'm going to go uh Damn it. I'm so irritated right now that I missed that I, I just totally blanked as we were. Well, do you have another one? Oh, yeah, I have another one. Well, then one. just yeah. say the other one and maybe oh. it'll draw your memory. Yeah, that's what I'm trying. All right. Um, Jon Snow and Samuel Tarly. Um, they come from similar backgrounds, you know, both highborn sons of nobles. Um, John, a bastard. Sam, a fat coward who preferred to read than hunt and fight. Yeah, he was, uh, both kind of ostracized, in a sense, by their families. John, because of his father's reputation, quote-unquote father's reputation. Right, well, and the fact that he, you know, he was a bastard. Yes. You know, he didn't, he wasn't technically part of the family. Right. Uh, and and Sam, because he was unlike his brothers. He wanted to pursue academics instead of, you know, hunting and fighting. And, and you know, and and his brothers kind of followed the path that their father had laid for them. The great military leader Randall Tarley. You know, so Sam just was kind of the black sheep in that sense. He didn't fit in. So I think, you know, <laughs> they formed a friendship based on the fact that they were both outsiders. Yes, and John looked at Sam as someone to protect, and Sam actually protected John quite a bit without him even knowing. Um and has done so more in the books, I think, as well. But yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna use those two. Uh, see if I can remember my other one. Um, so my next one, uh, Cersei Lannister and a glass of wine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that is one fitting. <laughs> it's a very one-sided relationship. I mean, it's mutually beneficial. Uh, but no, Leslie Nope and Ann Perkins from Parks and Rec. Oh, that's a good one. This is one of my favorite 
like female friendships and one of my favorite friendships of all time. I love them. Leslie Nope is such a cheerleader for everything and everyone around her, everyone she she cares about, everyone she loves. And there's really no one else in the world uh, her husband included, and I'm pretty sure her. You know, this includes her kids by the end of the the series. There's really no one that she loves more than Ann Perkins, and she values her friendship so much. And when Rashida Jones left the show, uh, and they started this whole kind of like long distance friendship, you know, she was still on the ball with it. She was still. Uh, you know sending gifts galentine's and... day yep. like that's one of the best things to come out of the show are the galentine's day episodes where she just you know leslie nope celebrates her female friendships to an extent that you know was it's almost unheard of but it's so amazing and and you should value your friendships everyone should be everyone should have a leslie nope and everyone should be leslie nope yes all right, so my last one, I still can't remember what it was that I was going to say the first time, but uh, Philip Fry and Bender Bending Rodriguez. Bender is great. Bender um, is great. There is a a time when, you know, Bender and Fry did not get along, and Bender has done some pretty terrible things to Fry over the years, as well as some incredibly nice things. Kill all humans. Except for Fry. When they had the epi- one of the episodes where everyone thought Fry was dead, he's like, whenever I'd say kill all humans, I'd always think except one. Fry was that one. And, you know, they would always go to great lengths to help each other. Um, you know, even though he was, you know, Bender was evil and tried to kill Fry on multiple occasions, but also tried saving him, sometimes in the very same episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a there's a, a strong relationship between the two of those those characters, and um, they have a very complex relationship. But I remember in the first episode, um, uh, yeah, Space Pilot Three Thousand, Bender turns to Fry and says. You know, Fry, of all the friends I've had, you're the first. Like, they even move in together, even though they find a great apartment. Bender can't live there, so Fry doesn't want to live without Bender, and Bender doesn't can't live without Fry. He even cut his own antenna off so they could be together. And everything turned out and worked out okay for them. And, yeah, that's that's uh, that's my number five. So mine is... SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick Star. Mm-hmm. That's a good. Have there ever been two better best friends? They even have rings. The best friends forever. Best friends forever. Best friends forever ring. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're they're little opposite of each other. You know, SpongeBob is very driven. He's motivated. He's very excited and just enthusiastic about life. And sometimes Patrick can be a little bit of a pessimist and definitely uh, not as motivated. But, you know, they find a way to make it work. They're very, very supportive of each other. Uh, They go jellyfishing together in jellyfish fields. Mayonnaise is an instrument. Mayonnaise is an instrument. 
and you know, I just they go on so many adventures. They have so many adventures together. It's it's ridiculous, and you know, I think the show is still running. SpongeBob is a character we're going to have to cover on this show because we're need I to get eight inch alchemy too. Love. I just, I just, I just registered what you just said. Um, yes, yes, eight bit, eight inch, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I love SpongeBob so much. I think he's such a fantastic character, and this friendship is just gold. Like, I mean, I, I could, I could wax poetically about it all day but it's really just it's just solid it's gold like it's, it's uh, solid gold it's it's solid gold and there's dancers mm-hmm. uh and an old lady puppet and an old lady puppet you don't remember that from solid gold was it madam madam something yeah was she on solid gold i'm pretty sure well, anyways, finish up what you were saying. Anyway, about. so yeah, so that's my top. So we want to hear from you. What are some of your favorite iconic best friend duos? Is it Batman and Robin? Uh, the Adam West, Burt Ward edition of Batman, Batman and, and Robin. Yes. Are pretty chummy. Like, because sometimes it's, it's you know, Batman and the boy wonder like more is sometimes it's it's more of like a uh a teacher student type of relationship between batman and robin and a lot of times it's oh i found this orphan i'm going to keep him because <laughs> that's how that works uh, it does <laughs> ask tim drake in the comic books it does uh but definitely the the adam west burt ward batman and robin series uh definitely more of a friendship um or the just in the 60s when they used to share a bed bam kapow onomatopoeia yes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah let us know what you think uh who who are some of your blue beetle and that's who i was gonna say that's who I was going to say. Ted Cord and Booster Go. Oh, my God. All right. That's who I was going to say. And I lost it. Well, I, apparently I found it. Yes. So you're welcome. So there's your bonus one. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, Those Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Because I was going to be like, this one's for Dynamo Mars and, and Cooper Duper. And that's what I was gonna and I was going to say. <laughs> but, yeah, th- th- those guys were what I was going to say, and it ended up being something else. So... Uh, all right. With that being said, we'll uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about the uh, folks from uh, Winter Soldier and, and the Winter Soldier, and the, the Sam and Bucky show. So we'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary.
In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalga-mania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards, the summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it. I just got today, and we just found out that it's touchscreen, so we're playing with the touchscreen. Touch, touch. I had no idea that it was touchscreen until touch, I touch. there was something that was on the screen. I went to wipe it off, and like it put a cursor right where I touched, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this is super cool already, and now it's it touchscreen is oh touch, touch. Oh jeebus! Uh, but yeah, today we are discussing the characters from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. So. <coughs> Some of the things that we want to talk about will also include, you know, some of the stuff from some of the uh, cinematic universe as well. But uh, there's going to be heavily heavy spoilers in this, so if you have not seen the show, spoiler alert! Yes, spoiler yeah. If, alert. if you haven't watched it to the end, do yourself a favor, turn us off, watch it, then turn us back on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I uh. I will say though that I had one of the more important endings um, spoiled for me, and it wasn't even in a spoiler post. It was just someone posted it. Was like, "Oh, I'm so glad they did this in the Winter Soldier," and I was like, "Oh, thanks." So, side note: if you're gonna spoil shit on the interwebs uh, without giving some sort of heads up. Or without waiting a you know a decent amount of time to do so, you are a dick. That's, yeah. just, that's just it. End of story. Like I had seen, so we didn't have the opportunity to watch the final episode right away. We had to wait a bit. Um, and I saw plenty of spoilery posts, but they had warnings, spoilers ahead. So you know what I did? I just scrolled right past. And didn't see anything. Didn't have anything spoiled for me. So, like, it's totally cool to, you know, engage in discussions over social medias about certain things. You know, stuff that you just watch. Things that have, you know, a certain cultural impact. Uh, but give fair warning. Or wait an appropriate amount of time. And in my opinion, an appropriate amount of time is a week. This was Friday. Right. And and that's one of the, the gripes that I have about these series or, or pretty much anything because, you know, uh, 
movies have been dropping on streaming services. You know, big blockbuster movies have been Godzilla dropping. Godzilla versus Kong. And they've been dropping at like 12.01 on their release day. And, you know, some people have the opportunity to stay up or get up super early. Or and if you're watch on the it. West Coast. Right. You know, some people have the opportunity to watch it before others. And if you have that opportunity, that's great. But not everyone does. You know, you're up at 8 o'clock so, and it's like, ooh, full breakdown for all this hidden scenes and what right? the like, ending means. I get up for work and all you know people are posting about it. I'm like, holy shit. Like, like can I have a chance I to fucking watch it? I can't watch it for at least another 12, 13, 14 hours. But, you know, good for you. Uh, I'm glad so, you I mean, already like, have a full breakdown because you've watched it four times. Well, I mean, and some people have the opportunity to screen it beforehand and that's fine too but at the same time don't be a spoilery dick yeah don't be a spoiler long dick. story short so anyways uh we're reintroduced to some of these characters that we've fallen in love with in the mcu primarily sam wilson as mm. the falcon and sebastian stan as james buchanan barnes or bucky barnes they call him Buckster. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah. So cash for money, me, Bucky. Cash money, Bucky. Uh, for me, the series. Uh, so as a whole, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a little slow to get going, but as a whole, I get it. They did a lot of. Um, so the series takes place six months after Endgame. And a lot happened at the end of Endgame, especially pertaining to these two characters. So picking up six months after that, uh, there's a lot to unpack. So there's a lot of exposition and a lot of things happening in the first couple of episodes, not a whole lot of action. Uh, so it was a little slow, but I, I think it served a purpose. And as like I said, as a whole, thinking about it from start to finish, it works. So starting with Sebastian Stan, we meet him and he's in therapy. He's in mandated therapy. Government mandated. Yes, because uh, pretty much because of who he, he was. He was, not is, but was. Um, and trying days. to, yeah. right, and trying to move forward. So, you know, in case you forgot, Bucky Barnes was the Winter Soldier. He was an enhanced soldier and Steve Rogers' best friend during the 1940s who was presumed killed in action during World War II before reemerging as a brainwashed assassin in the present day. Uh, and he went through a lot uh, to kind of shed his uh, almost like uh, to undo the brainwashing. I'm sure there's a more eloquent word for it, but uh, I can't think of it right now. So programming, you know, he he had to almost like re yeah, he had to reprogram himself and it was with the help of, you know, Captain America and and even Sam Wilson, the Falcon helped with that and the Dora Milaje and Black Panther you know his time in Wakanda did a lot of good for him as well uh yeah, where he became the, the white Civil wolf yeah. yeah um you know a lot of people helped him become Bucky Barnes again and so he's in this government mandated therapy session uh 
you know, much to his chagrin, he doesn't want to be there, but it's important to him. And he has this book and this book is a, a list of people, pretty much his hit list, who he killed trying to make or at amends least wronged. yes trying to make amends with the families of these people in order to kind of not clear his conscience but soothe his conscience because he knows he'll he'll never fully be able to let it go but he's trying his best to move on with with his life and you know and I uh, deal with the outcome of Captain, you know, what happened with Captain America at the end of Endgame. Yeah, what happened with Steve Rogers. You know, like Steve Rogers was his best friend. Steve Rogers had the opportunity to go back and pretty much relive his life, almost live a double life. And we we learn through Falcon and Winter Soldier that he and uh, Steve and Bucky discussed it before he went back. They discussed everything. So when he went to put all the stones back, you know, he could go back wherever he wanted. And that's why at the end, when Sam and Bucky look at each other and, and Bucky's like, go ahead, go like, you know, go see him. He's waiting for you. They had discussed Sam getting the shield. Mm-hmm. So, he had all this knowledge and information like and the way they're talking steve's died like steve's not alive anymore well but i mean and but no steve rogers no, was an old man at the end of endgame well he was if you count all the time he li he was close to 200 years old like bucky's 106 I mean, it's the super soldier serum. And the fact that they were in suspended animation for 70 years. Mm -hmm. But there's no no one said Cap is dead. No one said Steve Rogers is dead. I mean, it, but it's kind of alluded It's to... It's implied like, oh, I got Steve's book. I have this. I like he Steve passed stuff on to these guys. Right. Uh, both being, you know... Steve Rogers clearly had a heavy impact on both of these characters, both of these men, um, and vice versa. Both of these characters had a huge impact on who Steve Rogers was and thus, you know, Captain America. Um, and I think that starting the series off addressing Bucky's trauma that he's trying to uh, deal with, trying to to dispel. I, I think, and, and again, like that's one of the reasons why I was like, oh, this is really slow. But in hindsight, it was a really good idea because it was a great way to kind of map out the inner struggle. I mean, we know he's had some sort of inner struggle, but the fact that he's still having this struggle, he's still dealing with it. And, you know, it was it was also a... And he's remorseful. Like, he's mm -hmm. fully... Uh, he's fully he's penitent. Full, he's fully deprogrammed. Yes. Like, he is, he's no longer the Winter Soldier. And he's trying to... I mean, Zemo tried... Just to yeah. see what would happen. Yeah, Baron Zemo, you know, uh, they break him out of jail because they realize that he is, you know, key to helping them with their, their tasks at that point. But he, the and, first thing he does when he sees Bucky is start reciting the code to 
bring out the Winter Soldier and make him compliant. And he was, yeah, and, and Bucky was able to, I mean, he uh, had, and not that he had trouble, but, you know, he, he was visibly... Um, he was upset by it. I mean, yeah, he was upset. Because he was worried uh, I think that the, his he, programming... That's, that's the thing. Like, he, I think he was, it was more worry, you know, he... Uh, was worried that maybe... All of his progress was going to be undone. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, um, you know, it's it's totally, like, who not who Bucky is to... Like, who Bucky is is the guy that came and helped scrawny-ass Steve Rogers when he was getting his ass kicked at the beginning of the first Captain America film. That's who Bucky is. And... I will say I I agree with you that it was kind of slow at the beginning, but it was a great way to kind of set up when they had their issue later on. And they're like, oh, well, you know, before we can let you go, we have to do a psych evaluation, you know, once they got arrested. And the doctor came in and made them both kind of sit and face each other. And, you know, Bucky was able to express his feelings about, some of the things that Sam had done. Well, let's let's get into that. So, to refresh your memory on who Sam Wilson is, Sam Wilson is the Falcon, an Avenger and former pararescue man. Was the Falcon. Well, just... Yeah, I... We're getting to it. The Falcon, an Avenger and former pararescue man who was trained by the military in aerial combat using a specially designed wing pack. And the big thing is Sam was given, gifted the shield by Captain America, by Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame. And, you know, you thought that this was going to set up for Sam Wilson, the Falcon, becoming Captain America, which, I mean, in all honesty, makes perfect sense. It made sense that it wouldn't be given to Bucky because Bucky Bucky didn't want it. Not only that, Bucky had done too much. Bucky couldn't come back from what he did and be a symbol for you know, what Steve was. And see, that's the thing. Like, we're going to touch on this with the other characters, you know, who had the shield. But Cap got to where he was. Steve Rogers, because I, I, I want to make sure I differentiate because Captain America is the character and there is the, the title, I should say. Um, he was chosen for the super soldier serum among from among all these different uh, different guys because of not his fighting ability, not his, you know, his uh, skill in battle. He didn't have a brilliant tactical mind. But what he had was the will, the determination, and the honor. And a whole hell of a lot of heart. Like we saw him get the shit kicked out of him, you know, at the beginning... And when he says his famous line, I can do this all day, you know, and he picks up the garbage can lid and uses it as a shield. And the foreshadowing the to me, the ultimate defining moment of who Steve Rogers is and why he became Captain America is 
when uh, Stanley Tucci takes the the dud grenade and mm-hmm. tosses it, and he goes. Everyone over runs, and covers it, and he leaps on top of it. Yep. And then Tommy Lee Jones just goes still skinny and walks away, like that's who Steve Rogers was, knowing that it didn't matter. If it was him losing his life, if he could save everybody else. Mm-hmm. When everyone else is running away. He's running he's, in. Right. He he defied orders and went behind enemy lines and saved every single one of his his comrades and all the other fucking guys that were in that camp, too. He knew Bucky was there, but he also knew there were tons of other guys there. Mm-hmm. And he disagreed. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going in because it's the right thing to do. I'm going in by myself. It's probably a bad idea, but I'm going to do it anyways because that's the right thing to do. And he had been named Captain America because he was a, a goofy, like, spokesperson uh, for, you know, buying and selling war bonds. Like, it was ridiculous. Buy war bonds on Captain America. Like, conserve aluminum. I'm Captain America. Like, and he didn't have his good shield then. He didn't get his good shield till he became an Avenger in the present day, just to remind folks. Um, no, that's not true, because Peggy Carter shot him a bunch of times with it. Um, but we got to see, like, a prototype shield in, uh, in Iron Man. Remember, because he used it mm-hmm. in Iron Man 2. He used it to raise up the thing to get it level. So he could create his new uh, element to put in his chess piece. But that's how Steve became Captain America, through this rigorous process, this training that enhanced who he was. He then, you know, he was already trying his best to fight for his country, and no one would take him. He wanted to help. He wanted to help defend people. That was his nature. When he got the super soldier serum... And it worked, and he was able to suddenly do all these things, like chase down a fucking car on foot and then pull a guy out of a moving submarine. You know, to which Tommy Lee Jones said, I've got no use for that. Like, really? No use for a guy who can run down a car on foot wearing, like, Super tight pants, by the way, because he didn't have time to get his pants adjusted from he was from when he was skinny Steve Rogers to super jacked up Chris Evans Steve Rogers, uh, and then pull a guy out of a moving submarine. You don't have any use for that. Meh. Oh yeah, let's put him on stage with some cabaret girls and have him sell war bonds. It's like, dude can lift a jeep. Yeah. So, and long story short. Steve Rogers really embodied everything that Captain America was. Like he he earned the right. He kind of laid the groundwork for Captain America. Yeah, if there I mean there was no Captain America for the 70 years that he was frozen. Like they didn't try to replace him. They didn't try I mean they they would bring in other other guys that were like, "Hey, look, it's U.S. agent, or it's this guy. But, like, there was no replacing Captain America. Captain America. America. Uh, So that leads me to my first question. Sam Wilson 
was gifted the shield, the vibranium iconic Captain American shield, Captain America shield uh, from Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame. You know, Elder Steve Rogers, who had lived, had the opportunity to live this life that he, you know, didn't have the opportunity to live but was able to lay the work for, you know, lay the groundwork for, for Captain America and, and, and do everything that Captain America did. Um, and in the beginning of this series, Sam Wilson gives the shield away. He, he, feels he, he, he donates it to, a, to museum. a museum. Because he feels, you know, rightly so. He's like... I haven't gone through what Steve went through. So he doesn't I don't feel worthy of it. This. Right. He feels undeserving of of this gift. You know, this uh I It's almost like the it, worthiness test for Mjolnir. I kind of kind of like you know, and, and that's where our our two friends who really aren't so friendly with each other at this point uh, where they really butt heads because Bucky is so upset and disappointed with the fact that Sam just caved the shield away. Because Bucky is the only one who knew Steve before Steve was Captain America. Well, and that's the thing. But they, but they had the, you know, Bucky and Steve had the conversation about Sam. Because they were... Sam didn't know this. No, Sam had no idea. You know, so my question is, was Sam Wilson just in giving the shield away? I am going to say... I understand his point of view. And... You know, it certainly makes sense. But, you know, obviously, as we go through and we realize what the shield actually means, like it's not just a symbol. We see what the shield means to uh, obviously Bucky, but to Isaiah. Yep. And we'll get into Isaiah's story. To the new Captain America. And we're going to get into that shortly, too. Um, to the flag smashers, right? Like you, you see, and to people in the street, uh, yeah, and to be, and, and you see the, uh, there's almost a, a complete metamorphosis of what the shield means depending on whose hands it it it's in, and you see that. Yes. So I. Do I think Sam is just in giving away the shield? <gasps> I'm going to say no for the same reason that pissed Bucky Barnes off. Steve Rogers gave that to you. Steve fucking Rogers, not Captain America. Steve Rogers bestowed this gift upon you. This, this, you know, not only a weapon, but a symbol of who Captain America is. And Captain America was Steve Rogers. Yes. You know, it's like, and, and I understand why Bucky was so upset. Like, this is my best friend. My best friend of, what, hundreds of years? A hundred years? years? At this point, you well, know? Well, seven, 70, 
75, 80 years. A lot of years. Close to a This century. is my best friend of a lot of years. Um, you know, I, and and you just gave it away. You just gave it away. Like, like how? And they turn around and give it to we're, we're yeah well and we're gonna get into that yeah and they just they just turn around and give it to another guy now i don't think sam knew that that was that was, sam he, had he, no, he didn't know that that was sam, going if to sam happen. knew that they were just going to turn it around turn around and give it to some random fucking guy sam thought that it was going to go into the captain america museum yep or the museum that houses all of the the captain america stuff i forget what it's called but anyways um you know, Sam thought it was going to live there for people to see and admire. So, I mean, I understand <laughs> why Sam gave it away. He didn't feel worthy. He didn't feel that it was going to do any good sitting in his house in his closet. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to do... Why? Why? It's almost like having an he wasn't, artifact. He wasn't trained with it. He didn't know how to use it. It would be like if somebody it just meant, handed him a sword. I mean, sword. it's not that it didn't mean anything to him, but it kind of meant nothing to him. It... As far as, far as its usefulness goes. And he thought that... May you know, and maybe he thought that you know, as a, as an artifact, it would be best on display for other people to admire as well. Yeah, he looked at it as, you know, this belongs to a different person from a different time, because Captain America, when Captain America was first introduced, when the super soldier serum was used the first time, was in a time where someone who looked like Sam. There's no shot in hell he would ever get that shield. You know, there's no chance that this shield wasn't going to a blonde, blue-eyed, white guy. There was no shot that a black guy was going to become Captain America. Because that's not who America was at the time, and that's not who America is now. And we even get to see that when they visit Isaiah the first time because Bucky knows who he is because Bucky fought him 60 years ago, 70 years ago, whenever the hell it was. And the cops are like detaining him. It's like, oh, is this guy bothering you? Oh, let me see some ID. And it's like, that's fucking Sam Wilson. Like, what is wrong with you? Well, I mean, it... And that, I think... It highlights some of the... So one of the things that I really appreciated about this show was that it highlighted and brought to light a lot of current issues, both political, uh, social, um, you know, uh, really, really highlighted them. And, you know, obviously... In the show, the political structure is a little different. Uh, you have people who have just come back from the... Because, I mean, Endgame was six months ago. So people who have been gone for five years, I believe it was five years, five had years. just come back, the, the, the blip. So there are people who are trying to adjust to life, readjust to life. Um, people who disappeared and came back... Uh, to find their spouses had moved on, their children had grown, their um, houses were in you know being lived in by other people. Yeah, they were they were displaced, 
and that's where the flag smashers come in. You're looking at, yeah, because basically what they're doing is they're looking at these people as refugees. It's like, but I had a life five years ago. It's like, well, that sucks. That was five years ago. So Right, and they were trying to send people... To camps. R- right. And it's like... It's, that's, it's, like, it's like five years ago, I had, I had a life. I had a spouse. I had a home. I had a job. And it's not my fault that I, didn't do anything I wrong. disappeared. You know? We uh, even see them uh, again. And this is another typical thing that you would see uh, at a financial institution. Sam, the fucking Falcon, an Avenger. Everyone knows who he is. Can't get a loan because, oh, sorry, you don't have, you know, the last five years of your credit history. It's like, I was gone. Like, how are you holding this against me? Like, oh, that's the rule. Too bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it you know, in a, in a symbolic sense, it sheds light on a lot of current hot topics that we are currently, you know, we are currently facing. Um, racism being one of them. And Isaiah, who was part of the same program as Captain, you know, Steve Rogers, who all became Captain America. Um, Isaiah was given the super soldier serum, fought Bucky Barnes, or I should say the winter soldier. Um, he wasn't given the same accolades that Steve Rogers was. He wasn't given the same opportunities that Steve Rogers was because he was black ultimately and ultimately when he went in and disobeyed orders and went into uh you know behind enemy lines to rescue POWs it was hushed up and he was uh jailed and he was experimented on it was very similar to like the Tuskegee airmen uh, that's the first thing i thought of um it was also very similar to a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy theories and rumors of like some of the secret Nazi, um, you know, experimentations that were done, you know, for for decades, and you know, even after the war ended, like when the so- when the uh, Soviet Union and the United States split up all the evil Nazi scientists, like they took some, we took some, and then had them do their ex- and let them continue their experiments on humans. Yeah, so this was Isaiah Bradley's first... This was the first time that this character was used outside of the comics. Yes. And this version of the character is an aging veteran super soldier who was active in the Korean War and defeated the Winter Soldier, but was imprisoned for 30 years after his service and experimented on by the government and HYDRA, all while his existence was kept secret. And that's the big thing. So Korea's the 50s. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, and that was the big thing, you know, and, and he, uh, because he lived it flat out said no black man can be Captain America. Yeah. And then because Bucky took Sam to meet him and, you know, he's like, oh, did, did Steve know about this? And I don't, I, I don't think Steve knew who he was. Um, Bucky knew who he was because they had that intimate combat relationship. But I don't think Steve ever knew who he was. I don't think Bucky ever talked to him about it. Um, 
I think if Steve had known who he was, things would have been different I for think, Isaiah Bradley. I think things would have ended the same way they did in the show. But yes. it would have been much different. It would have been on a larger, grander scale because they also would have had, like, you know, Stark holding a press conference and... You know, it, all yeah, that it, fanfare it and been, yeah, it done been at, a, like, Avengers Tower. It would have been a whole thing, and he wouldn't have had to spend all of those decades in hiding. Just just hiding. No, he still I mean, would like, have. He, he, he was living his life, but, like... It just would have happened about ten years earlier is all. You know? Um, so, the shield. Back to the shield. Unknown to everyone involved, they decided to name a new Captain America. And this Captain America had Steve Rogers' shield. And obviously that sent Bucky through the roof because not only was he, you know, pissed to begin with that Sam had just, you know, given the shield away, but now somebody else was holding the shield you know and that ruffled sam's feathers too quite literally <laughs> see what i did there sam the eagle um so getting into this new captain america john walker played by wyatt russell who if you don't know is the spawn of kurt russell and goldie hahn and played the fruit of their loins and played a young kurt russell in the 1998 movie Soldier. He also tried out for the role of Steve Rogers and Captain America in the first Captain America film. I'm glad he didn't get it because he looked <laughs> fucking goofy in that. The first time you see him in that outfit. Holy well, I mean, shit. Like, that's kind of the point, though. I think they wanted him to stand out. Like they, Steve Rogers looked... Uh, Almost regal. You have to get the looking. exact right person with that jawline, the chin, everything. You know, he like you know, Chris and Wyatt Evans Russell is... didn't have that jawline. No, but I think he did an excellent. When you're an actor and you play a character, and you get hate mail because you are playing that character so well, looking at you, Joffrey Baratheon. I forget his Jackie, Jack, uh, Jack something. I forget. He actually quit acting for a Gleason. bit. Jack, Jack Gleason. Gleason. Yes, and the um, kid who played Ollie got death threats. Uh, you know, uh, um, oh my God, Imelda, Imelda Marcos, Staunt, Staunton, who played, um, oh God, what's her name? Harry Potter. Who played Harry Potter? No, who played... What's her face? Dolores Umbridge? Yes! Yes. She was perfect in that role. She is actually going to be uh, the new Queen Elizabeth in the upcoming uh, season of The Crown. But anyways, um, I digress. But when you're an actor and you play a character so well that you're, you, you get death threats, like that's... I mean, first of all, fans are fucking crazy. But, you know, that says something. And Wyatt Russell did such a great job, I thought, as, you know, playing John Walker, um, who was completely out of his league as Captain America. Yeah, he... 
again, it's it reminds me of the quote, not just for him, but for Sam. The quote in Jurassic Park, Malcolm talking about getting, you know, the, the scientist uh, obtaining the um, the uh, uh, knowledge to manipulate genes the way they do. It's like, you know, genetic technology is one of the most powerful weapons on the planet, and you guys wield it like a kid who found his dad's gun. You know, the problem is that you have all this knowledge, but it didn't take any discipline to obtain it. You stood on the shoulders of giants and just, you know, used th what they had done to further your own research. And that's kind of where, you know, like when I talked earlier about everything that Steve Rogers went through, who he was at his core, Sam had that. Jack Walker does not. Like, Sam had to earn, you know, by the time Sam gets the shield again, he has gone through quite a bit. But it's not that. So, John Walker was a highly decorated member of the U.S. Army. Uh, clearly, you know, he had been through battle. He had seen a lot. He had done a lot. But we don't really know too, too much about him. And then all of a sudden, he's Captain, the, the new Captain America wielding the vibranium shield it didn't take he didn't have the to, to go through the same thing that steve did in order to obtain the shield yes he had training yes he had combat training yes he had done all this but how does that separate him from any one of a million other guys who have gone through this same thing do you know what i mean like so many people have gone through similar training and have had similar experiences. That doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be a good Captain America. Well, and and we see that, you know, he almost immediately tries to team up with Bucky and Sam. Almost like, hey, you guys were friends with Captain America. I'm the new Captain America. Let's team up. By the transitive property, we're all friends. Right. Like, he, he goes about everything all wrong. And it rubs both Sam and Bucky the wrong way. And, you know, as a viewer, we get rubbed the wrong way, too. It wasn't until I really kind of started thinking about things. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was like, oh, I, I'm not sure I really like this character. He is a man who has seen a lot and he's taken upon this moniker of Captain America in, a, in an attempt to, uh, I mean, wouldn't you, you know, like, oh, yeah. like this is like, like, honestly, it's like, wouldn't you, you, you're asked, I, I'm sure there was probably a pool of people who they were... Uh, it was like the selection process in Men in Black. Kind of, you know? I'm, I'm sure it was this whole thing. And he was it. He was the number one. You know, he bested all of these other people who were trying to become the next I Captain mean, they America. they showed him using I mean, maybe, the shield. Maybe, maybe they had like an American... A Captain American, American Idol. Idol. Captain American <laughs> Idol, yes. Captain America's Got Talent. You know, but... Uh, it's just there was something about him that fell short and i don't know maybe it's because it you know was only six months after the departure of steve rogers maybe it was too soon i think it was just he had shortcomings or, as a as a human being that 
he did not embody he could he could be a hero he, and we see him be a hero you know but being a he, hero he's not a bad guy but being there's a difference between being a hero and being captain america like captain america was the was the guy that everyone looked up to everybody was like oh my god i had a captain of like spider-man and and iron man and you know despite their differences like all these other heroes when they didn't know what to do they would turn to cap when they had a question they would turn to cap when they needed something when they needed a leader for a mission it's like okay we have a mission that we don't think we can win Captain America, Steve Rogers would step in and say, "Okay, here's the here's the speech that's going to motivate you. I'm going off to fight against this guy. I don't have any goddamn powers, but I'm going to go fight like in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Steve Rogers steps up to Thanos and is like fighting him bare knuckle. Mm -hmm. Like because that's who he is. Like we see it in the in uh, Infinity War in the film. When, you know, uh, he stops Thanos, you know, the gauntlet hand, and he's like pushing back and he's screaming at him. And Thanos looks at him and is like, I respect you. I'm going to punch you like so hard that you're going to think it's 1945 again. But I respect that because he, he, he can't fucking compete, but he's standing there. Captain America, Steve fucking Rogers. Strapped. A shield, a broken shield to his fucking arm that was all shredded up. Stood up and faced Thanos and his entire fucking army on his own. Nobody else would do that. There's not one other hero that would do that. He didn't know that everybody was about to start walking through a portal. But he was going to fight until he could not stand anymore. Till his heart gave out. Because that's who Steve fucking Rogers is. Nobody else can have the captain can have the title of Captain America and think that they're going to live up to Steve Rogers. They can only do their best. Well, and I think that's what you know by bestowing somebody else with the moniker of Captain America, being like, and and, and that was the whole thing too. The new Captain America. Like, no, no. no. Um, so it's almost like they were setting this guy up for failure. And, you know, he's going out and he's trying to win the heart of America and be Captain America. And he's absolutely doing it like the goofiest, like, hey, I'm a superhero. Well, I mean, it's Look like at he's... me. I'm Captain America. Have a swell day. Want a selfie? You know, it's it's almost like what you, uh, like your, your version like He's a, car playing a it's caricature. A it's a yeah, I was gonna say that. It's a it's a characterization. It's a caricature of a character because that's how he would act. Don't worry, chums. I got you out of prison. It's how <laughs> you think. You know what I mean? Like it's how you think. Like when you do like a Superman impersonation. Yes, like Brad Pitt as uh, what whatever's in in uh, oh, Mega Mind. Yeah, I, I, I forget. I forget Brad Pitt's name. character. But I just like, remember it was called Metro City. Metrocity. And he kept calling it Metrocity. Yeah, like every time you see like a ver like a cartoony version, like that's who 
he was being in public. But I think he was trying to, like, and, and he was winning over the American public until he murdered a guy. And he murdered the wrong guy because he thought that that was the guy who killed his friend. And well, and, and that's the thing. Like, he thought he was avenging the death of his friend friend and that's when everyone turned on him and you know nobody really knew that that was the wrong guy and nobody really knew the motive behind captain america bludgeoning this guy to death oh, i don't think he bludgeoned him shield. i think he decapitated him yeah th he... thanks for not showing everything disney because that shield has a fucking edge to it and when you drive it down like that i think he decapitated him you know but and then people turned on him and the fans of the show turned on him as well. And it took me a moment. I had to take a step back and, and look at the bigger picture. This is a guy and he's just a guy. He ultimately goes on to take the super, so super soldier serum. Try saying that 10 times fast. Uh, but this was before that. Yeah, he did that because he was getting his ass kicked and he knew he needed an edge because, because everybody else was well, a super because, soldier right, around him. Well, not only that, because he wasn't Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers was a super soldier. Right. He took the super soldier serum. So if he takes the super soldier serum, he is going to be more like Steve Rogers. And see, that again is where there's this disconnect with like, oh, no, of course Steve was so brave. He had the super soldier serum. It's like, yeah, well, right. but... And as we've seen, some of the threats that they've faced, Super Soldier Serum doesn't mean shit. But I think they did the character of John Walker a disservice by not showing us too much about his background. So we, we know a little bit. We know that he's seen battle. We know that he's he's seen some shit. I think he has hardcore PTSD. Oh, absolutely. Just like the Winter Soldier. Well, they even mentioned, like, you know, him and his friend were the only two that came out of, like, some conflict. It was yeah. just the two of them. It was and, and they and were not well adjusted. And that's why his friend, who... Uh, use the moniker Battlestar. Yes. Um, Lamar. Uh, that's why he was so like that. That's, that's why he went crazy after Lamar died. Lamar was killed. That and was, he was avenging was his, his friend. His tie like that. Lamar was almost like his conscience. You know, it was his, that was his, his best friend. That, that was, that was his, you know, Bucky Barnes, you know, um, so I, I just I, I think that they could have done a little bit of a better unless this was their motive, unless this was their motive to kind of paint him in this, you know, kind of like, oh, he's unhinged. He's, you know, well, the whole thing kind with, of maniacal. The whole thing with with the Senate is we see that they make terrible decisions over and over again in this show. And it's always the same, like three, four people. Um they thought that, just like real life and they didn't understand like what we were talking about they thought okay he's a good fighter he's a decorated war hero he'd be a great captain america not understanding again all of the intangibles you know like all the stuff that i've already pointed out like the stuff none uh sam and john walker have zero chance of lifting mjolnir 
You know what I mean? Like, there's so much to Steve Rogers that is absent in these other guys. But Steve looked at Sam and said, he might not have everything. Hey, kid, you got potential. But he's got a lot of what needs to be behind the shield. He's got uh, what it comes down to is heart. The willingness to do whatever it takes to protect people. Right. Wanting to do good. Having the best intentions. So do I think John Walker is a bad guy? Absolutely not. And I'm kind of interested to see what this whole U.S. agent thing is about. Yeah, because I will point out, yes, he decapitated a man with the shield. And that's really the issue, the fact that he decapitated a man with the shield. Because, uh, oh, uh, Sam never killed anybody? Bucky never killed anybody? Well, and then that's the thing. Like, what, the Avengers never killed anybody? The Avengers killed no, a no, no, lot I'm just, of people. No, no, I'm just talking these two guys in this show, what we saw go down. These guys straight up killed people. Bucky killed people. Not Winter Soldier, It was Bucky. the fact that John Walker... Wearing the Captain America, well, this version of the Captain America uniform, <laughs> using the Captain America shield, decapitated, decapitated a, a person in daylight in front of, in front of a crowd of people. people who were all videotaping the incident. That was that was the issue. That was that was the thing. So obviously he had the Captain America moniker stripped from him. And he was uh, di- uh, what they said they not honorably discharged from the. Uh, Armed forces from the army. Yes. So he made his own shield. That lasts about five minutes. Um, But again, I think it kind of highlights the fact that this guy has a lot of underlying issues, similar to the way Bucky has a lot of underlying issues that he's currently trying to work through. He wants to be good. He wants to live up to this this, this he wants level. to live up to the hype. Well, he wants to live up to the 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 he wants responsibility to be, right. that he's been given, but he just doesn't have it in him. So he has to do it in a different way, which well, is and and it doesn't US help agent. that people right, and it doesn't help that people are constantly comparing him to his predecessor, which is automatically what's going to happen. And there's no comparison. I don't yeah. care who you are, like there is no one who I think in all of comics, who is as noble a character as Steve Rogers. I think Steve Rogers is the pinnacle of the ultimate superhero. He is just who you would want to be as a leader, as a a mentor. Like, again, everyone looks up to him um, you know, he has the ability to protect himself and others. He will, you know, die defending as many people as possible. One or a million people, it doesn't matter. He will die to make sure that people uh, are safe. And he has done so multiple times because it's comics. But, you know, he was even a werewolf at one point. It's a long story, but Captain America was a werewolf. But um but yeah it it's none of these characters could compare now before we go on i don't know what you had next so i was just going to say i don't know too too much about the uh us agent character but i'm definitely definitely intrigued by it 
and curious to see more. Also, side note, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. I have no idea who that character is, and I want to know more. We will. I just want to say that uh, as much as I liked Carly Morgenthau, uh, you know, Aaron Kellyman as Car- uh, Carly Morgenthau, all I could think of was this is the exact same fucking character she played in Solo, uh, in Fist Nest. Same character, same motives, same lack of charisma. Like, she's not a charismatic leader, but they follow her. Like, she's young. I, I, don't, I don't get it. But... Um, I think the the flag smashers are an interesting. Got the same as you. Oh, oh, Libra. Um, the flag smashers are an interesting terrorist group, and then ultimately that's what they are. Yes, but they have uh, really interesting motives, and their motives really pertain to the betterment of society as a whole. So to an extent, she's almost like a sympathetic villain because she has this motive and her followers have this motive that uh, it, it's not to the detriment of other people. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and I think that's why, you know, Sam talks like speak instead of like attacking them. You know, Sam talks to her, you know, even though sometimes he's in full Falcon garb, like Sam talks to her as, as Sam Wilson, you know, uh, same with Bucky. Bucky tries to, to speak with her and, and her followers, you know, they, they don't want them to be the bad guys. Well, I mean, if I'm making any sense, I, I know what you're saying. They're, they're very, they're similar to, like you know, kind of how John Walker like, is. Like they have a they have a noble thoughts, goal. Their ideas are solid, but how they're going about them. Their ideas are, are not the solid. Wrong. They're 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 obviously very radical. No, they're they're what their goals are noble, but their means of achieving them are very drastic. They are absolutely like. I don't like the fact at the end that Sam's like, don't call her a terrorist. Don't call him a terrorist. Like, they blew shit up. She set a truck full of people on fire. No, it was, it was definitely, you know, radical terrorism happening. But at the same time, like, the ideas that were fostering this radical terrorism came from a pretty solid place. Right. It wasn't, I'm doing this for money. I'm doing this. She's like, no, I'm doing it for the people who have been displaced and have been turned into refugees through no fault of their own, like through a giant cosmic cataclysm that was perpetrated by an insane god, like these people lost everything and now they're being treated like refuse. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's so upset. And I guess that's where maybe Sam, you know, is, is trying to be like, don't call her a terrorist because then like... But I think that is so when that whole when when the shit hits it's the fan when the the big battle happens it's you know within the last episode that is when Sam becomes Captain America you know John Walker lost his shot Sam now has the shield back and uh oh and side note loved seeing the Dora Milaje Oh, that was so great. That was great. Uh, I think that that whole group is one of my favorite things of the MCU. 
Did you catch the thing where Zemo asked if they went to pay tribute to the new king? No. Where he, you know, he's talking. It was a throwaway line in a conversation about like, oh, when's the last time you've been back to Wakanda? Have you seen the statue for the new, you know, have you paid tribute to the new king or something along those lines? Have you seen the statue for the king or, or something like that referencing Chadwick Boseman's death, which I think is the first and only time it's been referenced in any of this stuff. Well, and uh, so we might as well get into this. Um, side note real quick. Cool seeing Baron Zemo. Cool seeing him dance. <laughs> that was a fun scene. He's still um, a Nazi prick. Uh, yeah, but I think we're going to see his character a little bit more in the upcoming Captain America film. Sharon Carter, it was fantastic to see her again, uh, clearly setting her up to be the next villain in the next Captain America film. Um, but... I don't necessarily know, and I've read a couple of, of contradicting things. Because of the passing of Chadwick Boseman, that is why it was so imperative for Sam Wilson to become Captain America. Even though it was, you know, well, it was put put in place well in, in advance. But I mean, really, nobody even knew he was sick. But, you know, I, I read uh, I read some articles from some different reputable sites, um, some even quoting <laughs> Anthony Mackey, uh, you know, just just saying that, um, you know, not trying, obviously not trying to take the place of Black Panther. Nobody can take the place of Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with that part of the franchise. Mm hmm. Um, you know, there are, there are right ways to go about doing things. Sure. And I think that they will do that in a very honorable way. Uh, but you know, with, with everything that is currently going on here, like in real time, uh, I think it's imperative that Sam Wilson is Captain America. He's no longer the Falcon. He's Captain America. And, you know, seeing the the end of that last episode, him become Captain America with the blessing of Bucky. I mean, obviously, we knew that Sam had Bucky's blessing before all of this because of the conversation that, you know, he and Steve Rogers had about Sam becoming Captain America. But the fact that uh, Bucky asked the Dora Milaje for one last favor from Wakanda, which was a new set of wings and the new Captain America suit more suited for Sam Wilson. Uh, it, it's him taking on this character not trying to be a caricature, not trying to be Steve Rogers, but be Captain America in honor of Steve Rogers, who he was, and carry out 
the moniker of Captain America to the best of his ability. And, you know, before he didn't think he was worthy, but after speaking with Isaiah, after everything, you know, listening to the Flag Smashers, after kind of taking into consideration everything that was going on around him. And one of the things that I loved was that we got to go back home with Sam. We got to see, you know, where he lived in Louisiana, his sister with his nephews. I would love, by the way, I'm totally shipping Sam Wilson's sister and Bucky Barnes, by the way, just just totally shipping that relationship, shipping all over it. Uh, but anyways, you know, it, it, it's important. It's so important. And I think... That at the beginning of this series, you know, six months after Endgame, Sam didn't feel that it was important for him to be Captain America. But now, after going through what he's been through, speaking with Bucky... Uh, I think Isaiah got through. I I was saying, like, you know, and and meeting Isaiah and having, you know, forming this relationship, this friendship with Isaiah, um, you know... uh, it just it, it means something to him now. Yeah. And he wants to do something with <clears throat> he it. He understands why Steve chose him yes. to be Captain America. So kinda wanna wrap this up because we've been going on this part of the discussion for almost an hour at this point. Yep. Uh the end credits, the end scene of the final episode, it's no longer the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Do you think they did Bucky dirty? Yes. Calling him the Winter Soldier still after everything that he fought for uh, and everything that he did within this series for the betterment of himself. Not only that, like he closed the book quite literally on all of the things he needed to make amends for. And I saw a meme earlier today. Uh, Bucky's the first guy to get invited to the barbecue on two different continents. <laughs> I mean, the Wakandans took him in and Sam Wilson's family took him in. I mean, I would have been more fitting, in my opinion, to say Captain America and the White Wolf. Captain America and Cap and Bucky back together again. Yeah, yeah, something something like that, you know. Sam the Eagle and Bucky with the good hair. I mean, the Winter Soldier is a cool name, but he's not the Winter well, Soldier. Well, and that's and the he, thing. Like he fought so hard. He went through so many things, both physically and on a on a mental level when to he shed finally, that. When he finally, you know, explains that he killed the guy's son and he says your son was killed by the Winter Soldier. Like, he views that that's not him because that's not something he would do. The Winter Soldier would do that, but James Buchanan Barnes would not. So. Yeah. So I think personally that they did the character dirty by still calling him the Winter Soldier. And I'm hoping that they do something to rectify that in the future. Yeah. So I think. And, you know, with the last episode, because the future of, you know, we didn't know there was going to be another Captain America film. 
No, I figured, and rumor is Chris Evans is coming back. Like, there's two separate ones. There's a Sam and there's a Steve. So, and and apparently... Captain America, man out of time is what I heard. They weren't sure. They weren't sure if this was just going to be a standalone miniseries or how this was going to lend itself to the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And with the, you know, when they were doing promotional interviews and stuff for the series, you know, obviously interviewers were asking uh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan and like, oh, you know, what's the future? And they're like, you know, just watch the series, you know. Um, But with the final episode came the announcement that we will see Sam Wilson's Captain America again in the next film. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. And uh, I think this is a good place to stop so we can catch our breath. And then uh, we got some battle results to talk about. We got some other fun stuff stuff to talk about. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars, as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated, autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son William was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag Strong-Willed Movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you, uh, you know, if you maybe hadn't thought about all this stuff, maybe uh, maybe it helped you uh, reach some different conclusions, and maybe you want to look at the show differently. Maybe you want to rewatch it. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you. Throw down Thursday podcast at gmail dot com or in the Facebook group. Let us know what you thought. Let us know uh, your thoughts on the series and your thoughts on uh, life. You know, just uh, anything in general. You know, we're we're always here to chat. Do you like sushi? Oh, I love sushi. Um, so, 
we have battle results, yes? We do. So a couple of weeks ago, because, you know, what is time at this point? We threw down the battle Switchblades and Serenades, which Twinkletoed Band of Ruffians has what it takes to outdance the others and defend their turf. It's a dance battle. Knives and squirt guns optional. Sandbox is under the Wonder Wheel at Coney Island, and the special guest referee is Michael Jackson, Circa Beat It. You could choose from the T-Birds from Greece, the Scorpions from Greece, the Sharks from West Side Story, or the Jets from West Side Story. And in an unexpected and astounding victory... The Sharks from West Side Story. That's who I voted for. Gonna have a rumble. And uh, that's being remade by Steven Spielberg. Yes, it stars Miles Teller, Taron Egerton. Miles Teller. One of those guys who looks a lot like the other guys, but like is kind of talented. I think Taron Egerton is the more talented of the two. Well, I mean, he, Miles I Teller think... was just in everything. Like it was like it was this weird. Like they were the young version of Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. Like they had to be in everything together. They were in like twenty-seven consecutive movies together. I don't think they were in films together. Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. Oh, so you didn't say Shailene Woodley. What did I say? We were talking about Miles Teller and Taron Egerton. Oh no, I said. Uh, yeah, you didn't was, say Shailene Woodley. Yeah, but I was gonna. I meant to. Yeah, because they were in like four hundred. The future movies. Mrs. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the future ex Mrs. Aaron Rodgers, because he wants out of Green Bay. Oh, we have stuff to talk about on the yeah, sports show. That'll be on tomorrow. We're gonna do our draft special now that everything. We're doing it the day after the draft, but yeah. But yeah, so there, it, it's it's an interesting time. So the uh, trailer for West Side Story just dropped, and that looks pretty good. Looks, I mean, it, I don't know if it looks as good as the original. Um, star, star, uh, Rita Moreno. Oh, I thought it's Ansel Elgort. Ansel so. Elgort. Oh my <laughs> God! I've seen they all look the same. Baby Driver. Yes. Okay, he looks like Miles Teller. Yes. Rachel Zelger, Ariana DeBose, David Alvarez, Mike Faced, Josh Andres Rivera, Anna Isabel, Corey Stoll, who was Yellow Jacket and Ant-Man, Brian Darcy James, Ezra Means, Rita Moreno, Ben Cook, Curtis Cook, uh, no relation, I'm guessing, um... Sean Harrison Jones, Patrick Higgins, I don't know. But, you know, speaking of musicals coming out, um... In the Heights is coming out this summer, I believe. Shang-Chi. So. Yeah. Shang-Chi, the next big Marvel movie, um, you know, with a character. Is that, that a musical as well? It might be. Um, you know, one of those one of those characters that people aren't overly familiar with, like the Guardians of the Galaxy or Iron Man. Because um, Iron Man wasn't very popular when he launched the MCU. Now everybody knows who he is, but he wasn't one of the top. You know, if somebody, if you said, name five Marvel characters, you might get Cap, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Batman, you know, because people, you know, like, I don't know, the X-Men, Wolverine. Like, you'd get a bunch of X-Men, you'd get some Avengers, you'd get Spider-Man, maybe the Fantastic Four. Then after, like, 20 or 30 people, someone would be like, oh, yeah, Iron Man's in that, too. Mm. Um, But... 
you know, in that same vein of Guardians of the Galaxy, nobody knew who the fuck the Guardians of the Galaxy were. And all of a sudden, like, they're super popular. Shang-Chi looks fucking incredible. Um, I'm very, very much looking forward to that one. But, yeah, that's the, the latest trailer that dropped. I know we're getting Black Widow soon. Yeah, Black Widow is dropping this summer. Loki's coming in a few weeks. Loki, yeah, Loki's coming soon, so we'll Hawkeye. probably have to do. Uh, Hawkeye's coming after Loki. that. Loki, oh, is Hawkeye getting his own show? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think it that. just finished. Uh, I think it just finished filming. Um, I'm interested in the Loki series because I don't know exactly. So when Wilson, what it's it. yeah doing like is it setting something up is there, it just... i think it's gonna tie in very heavily to uh the next thor well no i was gonna say wandavision oh maybe because yeah. there's multiverse shit going on and the marvel just released their next slate of of films and one of them is ant-man and the wasp escape from the macroverse or microverse or well some I, shit. a lot of I've, I've noticed that some of these um upcoming films have a lot to do with different universes and stuff so i think that, well, that multiverse think, of madness well i was gonna say like i think that everything is going going to lend itself to the next doctor strange film the multiverse of madness <laughs> yeah that's gonna be like the next avengers movie so instead of having movies they're doing all these TV shows, setting up new characters, introducing new people. I'm here for it. I love the fact that Marvel is doing this. So instead of, you know, having us run to the theater or, you know, try to rent it at home or whatever, you know, giving us an hour or so a week for a few weeks, you know, I was gonna uh, say show, six, I, I'm loving this. Six or seven weeks for a TV show and then... You know, a few weeks later, something else comes out. And then a few weeks later, something else comes out. Now you've got uh, three, four, five storylines as opposed to we'd get two movies a year that weren't really tied together. Like well, they tie together in a post-credit scene. You know, it's giving us a little more backstory on some of these characters. Right. You're getting a so, lot more history you know, and who they are and as character far as, development. Right. You know, as far as WandaVision goes... A lot of people now care for the Scarlet Witch. You know, they're they're, they're more heavily invested into her character than and plus they, may, they were able to kill Vision before, and they still have Vision. Right, like they, they, you know, and, and and that was just I loved WandaVision. I had so much fun with that. Um, you know, this series not only gave you a lot more character development as far as Bucky and Sam goes. Uh, introduced some new characters, gave a little more background on some other things that may not have, you know, some of this stuff is all dialogue, uh, scenes that may have been left on the cutting room floor if it had been a film. So we're seeing, you know, things that we would have had to wait for the extended cut to come out on you know when, when it was released on on blu-ray or whatever right you know so this is stuff that we're getting you know in i'm going to say real time for lack of better term and i think it's fantastic i mean it's giving us something to look forward to every week 
you know, it's giving us little bits of the story to digest at a time. Sometimes with these big Marvel action films where so much is happening, I have to watch it a couple of times just to really kind of get the full scope of everything that's happening because a lot happens in these films, especially the Avenger films. Yeah, when you're creating not so much 60 the, characters. Right, together. not so much the standalone films, but I mean, even, well, even with some of these standalone films, especially now, you know, that they've introduced all of these characters, you know, nobody really gets a standalone film anymore. It's like, you know, look at Ragnarok. Yeah, and even Ant-Man you know, you, had Sam it, it's, in it. You know, uh, so, so anyways, I'm loving what they're doing. I think that they should continue to do it. And, and I'm, you know, I can't wait for what they do next. So, yeah, speaking of uh, what we're doing next, uh, we've got some good stuff coming up for you. Working on some interviews and uh, currently in the process of uh, planning the first annual Amalgamania Podcast and Entertainment Awards. Oh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. So if you are a podcaster, a YouTuber, or a Twitch streamer slash gamer, and you want to be recognized for your talents, or if you know a podcaster, YouTuber, or Twitch streamer that you think should absolutely be recognized for their craft. Let them know we are currently accepting submissions for the first annual Amalgamania Podcast and Entertainment Awards. You can send your submissions to, um, oh no, go to amalga-mania.com. That is A-M-A-L-G-A-M-A-N-I-A dot com for more information on submissions and stuff yep it'll have all the information that you need right there in the uh in the in the site how to submit what to submit for and where different categories win a trophy you could see pictures of the trophy on social media so cool. it is so cool looking unlike anything i've seen before it's gonna be a really good time so tell your friends the first, uh, uh, the first annual Amalgamania Podcast and Entertainment Awards. Go to amalga-mania.com for more information. And there will and, be a live awards show. Yes, yeah. The, hosted by a couple of really cool cats. Yeah, and us. And us, Bobby yes. and Bobby will be there. Yes. So anyways, I think with all of that being said, we, we will see you next Thursday. Thursday.